1: Good Monday morning, the week beginning with wild winter weather.
2: Tens of millions being impacted from coast to coast. It's February 27th. This is Today. Storm alert. Damaging tornadoes tear through the nation's heartland. Snow and ice creating problems from California to the northeast, with New York preparing for its first major snowfall of the year. House full forecast straight ahead. Spreading concern, new outrage over contaminated waste from that toxic train derailment sent to other states without warning. It looks like we're being sanded. An inside look at the latest controversy surrounding that costly cleanup. Breaking overnight, a new U.S. intelligence report suggesting COVID-19 did originate and leak from a lab in Wuhan, China. After years of speculation, could this finally be the answer behind the cause of the pandemic? Close to closing, the Alec Murdoch trial nearing an end with the defense had to call its final witnesses after putting Murdoch himself on the stand. His fate, expected to be in the hands of the jury this week, were live at the courthouse. All that plus shining stars, Hollywood's best, stepping out for the SAG Awards from the night's big winners.
3: Everything, everywhere, all at once.
2: To a special honor for a living legend. Oh, Lord in heaven. I- All standing on their feet. We'll have the highlights. And play ball. Spring training underway with new rules aimed at speeding up baseball, including a new pitch clock already causing controversy. The reaction from players and fans to big changes for America's pastime. Today, Monday, February 27th, 2023.
0: From NBC News, this is Today with Savannah Guthrie and Hoda Kotb, live from Studio 1A
3: in Rockefeller Plaza.
2: And hi everybody, good morning. Welcome to today. Nice to have you with us on a Monday morning. Craig, we missed you. Glad to have you back. It's good to be back. Hoda's off today. Now, okay, they're baseball, America's yes. pastime. Yes. It's supposed to be slow.
1: Well, yes. <laughs> right. But some have complained for years that it's a bit too slow. So they have some some new rules that they're enacting this season. So we'll go live to Jupiter, Florida for spring training. We're gonna talk to fans and players and get their reaction to some of these new rules. Especially this pitch clock. Talk about
2: pressure. Spring training actually sounds pretty good for a lot of the country, dealing once again with dangerous winter weather systems, including reports this morning of nine tornadoes across the Midwest just in the last 24 hours.
1: In all, more than 60 million people are under wind alerts this morning with nearly... 60 million facing some sort of winter alert. Some areas bracing for up to a foot
2: of snow. Al has got the full forecast coming up in just a bit. We begin with NBC's Morgan Chesky, though. He's in Norman, Oklahoma this morning. Morgan, good morning.
1: Yeah,
4: Savannah, a terrifying night for so many Oklahomans after a reported seven tornadoes struck, another two in Texas. And as we pull out here, I can show you the scene. A home tossed against a home here. The roof ripped right off and debris scattered just about everywhere. Hard to believe all of this stemmed from that same storm system in California, dumping so much rain and snow. And unfortunately today, that threat of severe weather isn't over yet wild weather tearing across the central U.S overnight blasting the plains with a powerful and intense storm system known as a derecho which at a minimum has a 240 mile distance of wind damage and typically causes it in one direction along a straight path tornadoes touching down in Oklahoma and Kansas oh, lightning leaving neighborhoods in ruin and completely destroying homes, flipping cars and knocking out power to thousands of residents. Wind gusts topping 100 miles per hour, also whipping through parts of the Texas Panhandle. The National Weather Service tweeting yesterday, people in McLean should take cover now. Meanwhile, West Coasters digging out and drying off after pummeling rain and snow. The mountains in Southern California blanketed and up to seven feet of snow in certain areas. With roads impassable, some mountain residents blazed their own trails on skis.
5: Never seen this much snow come down this long, this hard, since 31 years.
4: Torrential rainfall brought treacherous flooding. Cars stranded as the waters rushed over roads in Los Angeles. Rescuers saving victims such as this incident captured by the Pasadena Fire Department. An RV teetering on the edge of an embankment before plunging into the Santa Clara River.
6: It's just scary. I'm just glad we're safe.
4: With tens of thousands still without power across California, Yosemite National Park will remain closed to visitors until March. And Oregon declaring a state of emergency in certain regions battling frigid temperatures. While some battled hazardous conditions not often seen, others took advantage of the rare Southern California snowfall. And back here in Oklahoma, we will no doubt see more damage just like this when the sun rises. This storm cast a wide berth across this area here. Uh, unfortunately, fortunately right now, Savannah, we know there have been reports of injuries, none of those life-threatening, no reports of any loss of life at this point in time, but so much damage here. We know more than 10,000 Oklahomans are still in the dark. Meanwhile, to the north, another power crisis still playing out, more than 120,000 people in Michigan still in the dark as a result of their winter storm last week. And hard to believe, but over in California, that shock of the snow and rain, they'll have to buckle up yet again with yet another storm headed their way. Savannah.
2: All right. Morgan Chesky leading us off. Thank you. So much to
1: talk about in the weather department. Mr. Roker, very busy on a Monday morning, and that went to others on the move.
7: right? That's right. And you know, the irony where where uh, Morgan is right now, the uh, Norman, Oklahoma, that's the home of the, st- uh, the severe storms prediction center, the storm prediction center. Those are the folks that predict the tornadoes and put out the watches and warnings and the risk areas. So those poor folk had to deal with that. 56 million people from the West Coast through the upper Midwest into the Northeast under winter storm warnings, winter storm watches, winter storm advisories, especially here in the Northeast from Minneapolis, Portland, down to New York and Williamsport. We're looking at also heavy showers and thunderstorms. So we've got a risk of severe weather today just to the south of Chicago, Lexington, Kentucky, Columbus, Indianapolis, slight risk of severe weather. This system will be pushing to the east, bringing snow and ice from the Great Lakes into the northeast. Cold enough here in the northeast, we may see appreciable snow in New York City. And along the I-95 corridor tomorrow, those dual low-pressure systems move out to the east. Snow will continue for New England through the day tomorrow. And look at some of these snow totals here in the northeast. Augusta, Maine, 4 to 6 inches. Boston could see 2 to 4. 4 to 8 in Hartford, 3 to 6 in Syracuse. New York City could see 2 to 5 inches. Significant icing in Wisconsin. Upwards of a quarter of an inch could be power outages, some icing down through the Alleghenies. And then the rainfall, not quite so bad, although the heaviest, will be up into northern Indiana
1: and Ohio. Guys.
2: All right. I'll come back to you in just a minute. Thank you, Al. Turning now to the war in Ukraine with fighting now in its second year, the U.S. is warning China of serious consequences if it provides lethal military aid to Russia. NBC's Aaron McLaughlin joins us now from Kiev with the very latest. Aaron, Good morning.
8: Good morning, Savannah. Overnight, there was yet another wave of drone attacks across Ukraine, this time killing two people in the western portion of the country. That, according to Ukrainian officials, as Russia shows no signs of backing down. Overnight, Russia targeting Ukraine with new drone strikes as fighting rages on in the front lines in the east, heavy shelling, killing multiple people over the weekend as Russian forces continue pushing into the besieged city of Bakhmut. It comes amid growing fears. China may be thinking about inserting itself into the war in Ukraine. New intelligence suggests China is considering supplying Russia with artillery and ammunition according to three U.S. officials familiar with the matter. The White House warning China against doing so.
0: Their weapons would in effect be used for the slaughter uh, of people in Ukraine.
8: Just last week, Beijing put forward a 12-point peace plan, with few details but calling on both Ukraine and Russia to de-escalate the war. Ukraine's president saying he was interested in meeting with China's President Xi to discuss that plan to end the conflict. But in an interview with ABC, President Biden was skeptical.
7: I've seen nothing in the plan that would indicate that there is something that would be beneficial to anyone other than Russia.
8: Russia's President Putin lashing out at the West in an interview that aired Sunday.
9: Mm -hmm.
8: Telling Russian state TV, the West has one goal, to disband the former Soviet Union, adding that Russia needs to take into account NATO's nuclear capabilities. Meanwhile, Ukraine's President Zelensky predicting that Putin will be killed by his own inner circle, making the blunt statement in a recently released Ukrainian documentary saying the predators will devour a predator. On Sunday, Zelensky also vowing to liberate Russian-occupied Crimea and return the Ukrainian flag to every corner of Ukraine, something one of Zelensky's senior advisors told me is possible. Is it realistic, though, for Ukraine to take back Crimea, given that the Russians are thoroughly entrenched in Crimea?
0: Did it look realistic that in a year Russia wouldn't achieve any military results and lose dozens of thousands of its troops? That's why when I'm asked whether something is realistic, I say, undoubtedly,
8: this morning, China is hitting back at the United States, a spokeswoman accusing the U.S. of spreading disinformation. Meanwhile, the Kremlin is declining to comment on those allegations that China is considering providing Russia
2: with lethal aid. Savannah. All right, Aaron McLaughlin in key for us. Thank you. We turn now to that new intelligence report from the U.S. Energy Department. It suggests COVID-19 likely originated from a laboratory leak in Wuhan, China. NBC's Kelly Copier is on that story this morning. What can you tell us, Kelly, about these findings?
9: Well, Savannah, we're now nearly three years on from the start of the pandemic, and there are still more questions than answers when it comes to the origins of COVID-19. But this new report uh, suggests that it actually did come from a lab in Wuhan, China, that so-called lab leak theory. That's what two sources with direct knowledge of the report told NBC News. The sources said that according to this classified report, the Department of Energy has now concluded with low confidence where coronavirus originated. One source cautioning that this is not being viewed as hugely significant because of disagreements among different intelligence agencies. The source told NBC News that key lawmakers on the House and Senate Intelligence Committees were actually briefed on this report more than a month ago. China is also weighing in overnight, saying that officials should stop, quote, hyping up the lab leak theory and politicizing the origin tracing process. Savannah? Well, speaking of politics,
2: there are other investigations into this very issue.
9: Yeah, that's right. And uh, Jake Sullivan, National Security Advisor, was asked about the investigating process over the weekend on CNN Sunday. He said that, look, uh, there are a variety of views within the intelligence agencies. He said that a number of the agencies have said they just don't have enough information to be sure on the origins of COVID 19. He said the president has repeatedly directed every intelligence agency to put effort and resources to get to the bottom of this and specifically requested that the national labs, which are part of the Department of Energy, work on finding answers. Now, the DOE spokesperson did uh, comment on this to NBC News, saying the Department of Energy continues to support the thorough, careful and objective work of our intelligence professionals in investigating the origins of COVID-19 as the president directed. A spokesperson for the House Oversight Committee is also commenting on this, saying in part we're reviewing the classified information provided, but Republican lawmakers are are also on top of this. They're pushing for more investigations. They want extensive hearings as well. And they want the Biden administration to release more information to the American people. Savannah. All right. We'll watch as this develops. Kelly, thank you.
1: Also this morning, cleanup resuming at the site of that toxic train derailment in Ohio after a weekend that saw new concerns emerge about where that contaminated soil and waste is being shipped. NBC's George Solis has the very latest on this story. George, good morning to you.
3: Craig, good morning. The big news here is that federal authorities are now allowing Norfolk Southern, the train's operator, to resume disposal operations of that hazardous material at that derailment site. That material now heading to two sites here in Ohio. This comes just days after officials in multiple states raised flags saying they were blindsided by the arrival of tons of contaminated water and soil to their facilities. This morning, The Environmental Protection Agency is allowing Norfolk Southern to resume shipments of hazardous waste from the site of the toxic train derailment in East Palestine, Ohio.
4: We know it's far better to have it safely stored in a properly constructed and monitored disposal facility
3: than remain here any longer than necessary. One of the new facilities receiving the waste, East Liverpool, Ohio the mayor of that city reacting. You can see it
10: from my backyard and it's literally in some people's backyard. So it's definitely a concern.
3: The announcement coming just days after officials in Texas and Michigan complained they were not warned. Truckloads of contaminated dirt and wastewater were delivered to EPA facilities in their states.
0: Not knowing that they're coming, which way they're coming, uh, how safe the trucks are that are coming.
3: Uh, is something that has got us all very, very irritated. Back in East Palestine, health and safety concerns remain rampant, more than three weeks after dangerous fumes spread across the community and beyond. Now, federal teams, including the CDC, are on the ground to interview residents about their symptoms and health concerns.
9: We had eyes burning. I couldn't stop sneezing for a half an hour.
3: Some residents near the derailment, have been diagnosed with bronchitis and other conditions that medical professionals suspect are linked to chemical exposure. Even as state and federal officials say the air quality remains normal and the tap water is safe, the community is still stocking up on air filters and cases of free bottled water. What does that tell you, the fact that it's going out as quickly as it's coming in? People need help. That it's needed. People need more help than they're getting. The disaster also having a ripple effect on many local businesses.
4: They have businesses that were shut down. They lost days of income. They couldn't work for many days. So it's not just the health consequences, but it's just lost income as well.
3: Meanwhile, back at the derailment site, the Ohio EPA says they are now going to be installing new water wells to further test for groundwater contamination. And federal officials also now saying they will be holding daily briefings to keep the residents of this community up to date about the progress in their town.
1: Craig uh, George Sully's Force there in East Palestine. George thank you.
2: Now to a growing controversy surrounding one of the best players in college basketball, Brandon Miller, a star at the University of Alabama and a top NBA prospect, accused of supplying a gun that was used in a murder. NBC's Stephanie Gosk is here with the details. Steph, good morning.
10: Hey, Savannah, good morning. The Crimson Tide's Brandon Miller is college basketball's leading freshman scorer. Now his potential role in the deadly shooting of a young mother is drawing new scrutiny. The victim's parents blasting the school's decision to keep him on the court, as critics are calling the team's pregame routine over the weekend tone deaf. The University of Alabama is having a huge season, led by star freshman Brandon Miller. But instead of celebrating, the school is facing increasing pressure to take Miller off the court. Investigators say in January, Miller brought a handgun to former teammate Darius Miles moments before it was used to murder Jamea Harris, a 23-year-old mother. The gun belonged to Miles, according to police. Brendan Miller's attorney says that he was asked to return the gun and that he never touched it, was not involved in its exchange to Mr. Davis in any way, and never knew that illegal activity involving the gun would occur. Miles was kicked off the team and is now charged with capital murder, along with another man, Michael Davis, who allegedly pulled the trigger. Miller has not been charged with a crime and has continued to play basketball.
4: Law enforcement must have been really convinced of Miller's lack of knowledge or intent to not charge him.
10: But Jamia Harris's parents say Miller shouldn't be allowed to play. In an interview with USA Today, Harris's mother called the school's decision unimaginable. She has a five-year-old son that's still at home waiting on his mom to come home. Adding to the controversy, before Saturday's matchup against Arkansas, the top NBA prospect received a mock pat-down from a teammate. Alabama's coach says they've been doing that all year and that it doesn't have anything to do with the murder.
1: Regardless, it's not appropriate. It's been addressed, and I can assure you it definitely will
11: not happen again.
10: March Madness is set to tip off in just over two weeks, and the University of Alabama could be the tournament's top seed.
11: Unless there are criminal charges and new revelations, they are going to stay the course. This is their best player. This is the highest scoring freshman
8: in college basketball.
10: The University of Alabama has said that based on all the information they've received, Brandon Miller is not considered a suspect in this case, only a cooperating witness. That is why he remains an active member of the team. The case against Miles and Davis will now head to a grand jury for a potential indictment. Their request for bond has been denied, guys. All right. Thank you, Stephanie.
1: Stephanie thank you. Let's bring Al back for another check of that national forecast. What are we looking at now? Buddy? Well,
7: guys, as we've been talking, another storm coming into the West Coast. Thankfully, not as bad as this last one. And the snow where we need it, the Sierra Nevada, three to seven feet likely. Big Bear City could see a one to two feet of snow. And there's also going to be rain, but thankfully not the kind of rain that would cause that flash flooding that we saw last week from San Francisco down to Santa Barbara. Generally about a quarter of an inch to an inch to an Inch and a half rest of the country looking pretty good. That heavy snow again out west, icy conditions and great lakes. But from the plains down to Texas, we've got some gorgeous weather. And that is your latest weather. By the way, welcome back and love the new haircut.
3: Oh, very clean. Thank you. Thank you very
1: much. I appreciate that. And my barber DJ Fresh appreciates it too. (laughs) Oh, there you
7: go. DJ DJ Fresh. All
1: right. That's his stage name. Okay,
2: I love it. i barber with the stage <laughs> only, name. That's
7: right. Only you would have a barber with a <laughs> with stage name. <laughs>
2: okay, cool. Al, oh, thank you so much. Coming up, we'll go down to South Carolina. The fate of Alec Murdoch expected to be in the hands of the jury this week following his stunning decision to take the stand in his own defense. Did it help or did it hurt? The very latest in a live report from the courthouse. Also had
1: on a Monday morning, it's the early talk of spring training. There's new rule changes in Major League Baseball with the goal of re-energizing and speeding up up the game but how are players and fans feeling about those rules live in florida taking a closer look but first this is today
6: on nbc when you're hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match
2: Oh, wow, 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 wow. Crowd goes wild. Let's watch it again. This is the indoor meet in France over the weekend. 23-year-old Mondo Duplantis breaking his own pole vaulting world record. Look at the bar. 20 feet and nearly 5 inches, but he made it look easy. Raised in Louisiana, he's Swedish. Go, Mondo, Damn. go.
1: That's And there's no room for error there. No, no. Way to go, Monty. Pretty Congrats incredible. Indeed. Uh, we have a busy half hour ahead on this Monday morning. We're going to start with a closely watched trial of Alec Murdoch. Closing arguments expected this week.
2: NBC's Katie Beck joins us from the courthouse this morning. Katie, good morning. Good morning, guys.
5: It was a shocking move when Alec Murdoch took the stand in his own defense. And even more shocking, when minutes into his testimony, he admits he lied to investigators about where he was on the night of the murder. Soon, a jury will be facing down a mountain of evidence. And they're going to have to decide which version of this twisted story they believe.
11: What you're saying is not accurate.
5: After 10 hours of riveting testimony. When I
11: checked Paul, I was already on the phone with 911. one one
5: Alec Murdoch adamantly and repeatedly denies he's a killer.
7: Mr. Murdoch, are you a family annihilator?
11: A family annihilator? You mean like did I shoot my wife and my son? Yes. No. I would never hurt Maggie Murdoch. I would never hurt Paul
3: Murdoch.
5: Prosecutors painting Murdoch as a desperate man who lied about everything from his alleged financial crimes to a failed suicide for hire plot to where he was the night of the murders.
4: And you didn't go back down there after dinner until
0: you returned from visiting your mother? Yes, sir.
5: But Murdoch changed his story in court after a Snapchat video placed him at the family's dog kennels minutes before the murders. Murdoch says the reason he lied, he didn't trust police and he had an opioid addiction that made him paranoid.
3: Are these also convenient facts in
7: your new story that have to fit with the timeline?
11: No, sir.
5: Throughout his testimony, Murdoch maintaining he never killed his wife and son.
11: I would never... Intentionally do anything to hurt either one of them.
5: During the initial investigation, Murdoch almost immediately told authorities he believed the murders were related to a deadly 2019 boat crash involving his son Paul. The fatal accident portrayed in Netflix's new docu series Murdoch Murders: A Southern Scandal. Your emergency. We're in a boat crash on
9: Arthur's Creek.
5: Murdoch still contends his wife and son. Were targets. They
11: hated Paul Murdoch, and they had anger in their heart.
5: The community of Walterboro is now bracing for a verdict. I'm ready to know whether he's going to be guilty or not guilty. Now, the defense team says they have four more witnesses to call to the stand. Prosecutors say they have a brief rebuttal case after that. We are told there could be closing
2: arguments as soon as the middle of the week. Savannah all right Katie thank you NBC senior legal correspondent Laura Jarrett with us again Laura good morning so the testimony is finished we know it's a blockbuster witness when the defendant takes a stand
12: Net-net, was this a benefit to him? Net-net, I think it was a benefit. He was very compelling. He stuck to his story. He didn't get uh, flustered. He didn't uh, look evasive. He said many times, I didn't do it. Now, certainly the prosecution, I think, scored some points talking about the timeline just before the murders and after. That's where he started to seem, I think, the most unsteady on the stand. But he also did something that's always very helpful in a case like this, which is inject this idea that somebody else did it. Now, you could debate whether or not that, that was effective, but that's all you need is just one juror to buy this story and to hang the jury because obviously it needs to be unanimous. All he needs is one juror to say, actually I think that was convincing.
1: It's been interesting to hear reports from inside the courtroom. Perhaps some of these jurors are not nearly as engaged in the testimony as we have been and folks have been following the trial closely. They were
12: sitting very attentive to his testimony though, which is notable. They were on the edges of their seats for that.
1: You guys are the lawyers. um, Legitimately lawyers. (laughs) This concept of jury nullification uh, Lord Jared, this idea, and I think we heard the defense sort of float this yeah. on Friday that, you know what, on the financial crimes alone, he is going to probably spend the rest of his life in prison. Maybe, maybe we shouldn't convict him for the murders yeah. because of that alone. Well, is, is, that, is, is that a reasonable defense? It's
12: an interesting strategy, right? Because the, at first, the defense didn't want any of the financial crime information to come in. But once it does, you see them sort of telegraphing to the jury and certainly asking Murdoch on the stand, you're actually been charged with 99 different financial crimes. And the answer to that, of course, is yes. Now, he hasn't pled guilty or anything like that in those cases. But it seems to be telegraphing to the jury, even if you find him innocent in this case, Case, he's likely to serve some prison time and sort of gives them an out. Now, we'll see whether they take that out. By the way, you're not it can't be a, a, a like no. an overt
2: defense strategy. No. You're not allowed to ask a jury to nullify the no. law. That's no. saying what with jury nullification yeah. is basically telling telling the the, the jurors in so, in so many words, ignore the law. Yeah. Justice will yeah. come in a different way. See, that's exactly. why you're
1: the chief legal court. No,
2: yeah, <laughs> no, no, I think it's Laura now.
12: <laughs> you are always still chief.
2: Either way, we've got closing arguments coming up. Uh, and this is a key moment, certainly for the defense, but the prosecutors got to pull the strands
12: together. They have to tell a coherent story. On Friday, we saw sort of a shifting motive emerge, perhaps this idea that his family had cued in on his drug use and they were going to confront him about that. That's not the story of motive that we've been hearing all this trial. The whole trial has been about the financial crimes and yeah. he wanted to distract from the financial crimes by committing these murders. Again, question whether that was ever a plausible theory that made any sense. But now to shift to the drugs, I think it's confusing to the jury. I think they need to figure out their story and stick with it for closing.
1: Right. By the defensive strategy apparently is going to be our guy's a thief. Our guy's a liar. You've heard all of that, but he's no killer. That's
2: the strategy. Right. We'll see. We shall see, Laura. Thank you. Thanks,
1: Laura. Still ahead here on a Monday morning, the popular comic strip Dilbert being dropped by newspapers all over the country after a racist tirade by its creator, the firestorm surrounding him and how he's responding this morning.
2: But first let's go to Sam Brock, he's at spring training down in Florida where players and fans are adjusting to to some really big changes to the rules of baseball.
11: Yeah, there's some pretty significant changes, Savannah. Last year in 2022, the average baseball game was more than three hours long. Major League Baseball says we got to change that. Welcome to the pitch clock, which you see behind me here. Now that you see 15 seconds is making the biggest pop at the moment. But also these larger bases, we're going to show you what it looked like last year and what the bases look like this year. You can decide for yourself how significant this changes. That story right after the break.
1: We're back. 7.42 this morning on In-Depth Today. Some big changes coming to America's pastime. Yeah,
2: Major League Baseball is trying some new things this season to improve and speed up the game. The first games of spring training, making it clear, this is not the game we grew up with.
1: No, it is not. NBC's Sam Brock at Roger Dean Stadium, the spring training home of the
11: Miami Marlins. Sam, Good morning. Yeah, Craig Savannah, good morning. We are talking about a whole new package of rules in Major League Baseball, as you said, to modernize the game, to speed it up, make it a bit more dynamic. One of those changes is new bases. And I'm going to give you a little bit of an example. This is the 2022 version. This, guys, is the 2023 version. The difference is enormous. Just look at that. And it's not even the biggest change. The highest profile switch so far, at least according to players and coaches, is actually the pitch clock. Look at this over here. There's actually two of them by home plate. One on this side, the other to my left as well. There's two in the outfield. Those are meant to speed up the game. But over the weekend, it led to the first game-ending violation in this new rules era. The start of spring training is usually reserved for tweaking swings and perfecting pickoffs. But this year has already featured quite the curveball. The Red Sox-Braves preseason game Saturday, ending when a Braves hitter wasn't considered ready with eight seconds left on a pitch clock. The pitch clock.
3: A lot of people early on talked about it affecting the pitcher. What you're seeing now is it affecting the hitter quite a bit.
11: All-star Jazz Chisholm Jr., Worries the new rule could be challenging to apply.
0: I feel like it's going to happen because it's the determination of the umpire. He doesn't really know when you're engaged unless he sees you looking at the pitcher.
11: As for the other time regulations, it's 30 seconds between batters and only 15 seconds between pitches. Unless there's a runner on base, then you get 20. The Marlins' Sandy Alcantara is the reigning National League Cy Young Award winner. Of all these new rule changes, which ones are coming up the most in conversation? The clock.
4: Yeah, the clock.
11: because of
4: off reliever, you know, they take their time. So their
11: whole routines are thrown off completely. Yeah. Enforcement is no walk in the park either. Now, the pitch clock isn't automatic. It's run by a pitch clock manager who's got to be paying attention to exactly when the ball goes back into the pitcher's mitt, and whether or not there's men on base or not. Fans are reacting to the new rules. It'll create
0: more offense, more action so to speak.
10: I like the speed of baseball. I like going out and making an all-day thing.
11: Other changes include those giant bases designed to promote more steals for players like John Bertie. You led the major leagues, I believe, last year with yep. 41 stolen bases. Okay, so you're looking at this bag right here. It's nice. How, how nice big? and big. <laughs> <laughs> so you like this. This is a good thing.
4: Yeah, I mean, um, you know, hopefully it encourages more of the, you know, old-school type baseball, more, more athleticism, more base stealing.
11: It's a new era for a sport that owns a special place in American culture. And as you look at the 15 seconds over my shoulder here, here's a stop clock just for, you know, an example. We're gonna wait on this on 15 seconds, guys. If you were to take 20 minutes off of each game and you watch say 150 games during the major league season, that would save you 3000 minutes or two plus days in your life, right back. 15 seconds right now. That's how quickly these pitchers have to get the ball to the plate.
1: It's fascinating. It really is fascinating. Some made major changes.
2: Yeah. What do you I mean, think?
1: I mean, I look, the bases look a bit cartoonish compared to the old ones. <laughs> They're uh, pretty but, big. But they've got to speed up the game. And Sam Brock looks like he could suit up for left field. For oh, easy. Yeah. I mean, easy. Wow. Although you speed up the game, that's less time to
11: eat. Yes, <laughs> guys. Fair. Now well, you suddenly the hot corner. When I was growing up, that was my jam. What was okay. it? The hot corner. Always, man. Every day. I actually, whenever I would boot a ball when I was younger, though, I would cry, according to my dad. <laughs> but uh, that's how you learn lessons in baseball and life. There is crying oh. in baseball. Yeah. Thank you,
2: He's Sam. He's six five. He didn't play shortstop. I I was saying, no, okay. He had a stretch though, boy. Yeah. <laughs> uh,
11: we should mention, by
1: the way, speaking of baseball, don't forget you can catch games on Sunday morning throughout the season, streaming live on Peacock. It all starts April twenty third. All right.
2: Okay. Spring-like weather out there?
1: Well, we are, look, in fact, looking at some
7: spring-like weather. Let's take a quick look, show you these temperatures. I mean, look at this. Wichita today, 69 degrees. That's 18 degrees above average. Corpus Christi, 10 degrees warmer than average at 82. Savannah, 16 degrees warmer than average at 83. Richmond even getting in on the act. Temperature about 55 degrees. Balmer tomorrow, you'll be almost 60 degrees. Jacksonville, 87. Austin, Texas, keeping it weird, 85, 18 degrees above average. Then temperatures take a bit of a tumble. Uh, tomorrow, uh, I should say Wednesday, 48 New York City by Friday down to 41. Raleigh, you're at 75, 77 on Thursday down to 71 by Friday. And Chicago, 57 on Wednesday by Friday. You're into the mid-30s. And that's your latest weather.
2: All right. We're happy because Carson's back.
11: Guys, coming up uh, on Pop Start Hollywood stepping out of the SAG Awards last night. We've got the red carpet. We've got the winners. We will break it all down coming up.
1: Plus, we're putting cruises in the spotlight for our spring break confidential from the last minute deals to saving while you sail. Vicky Win with everything we need to know.
0: Why are smart businesses graduating to NetSuite by Oracle? Because NetSuite eliminates the expense of multiple business systems by consolidating your operations together into one. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory and HR into one platform and one source of truth.